0: A village blacksmith in North Cork. For the brave and faithful, nothing is difficult. motto of the O'Keeffe clan. In October of 2019, I co-hosted a family reunion with my cousins from Fermoy, County Cork. It was a major undertaking with 35 cousins traveling from around the U.S. to meet with our Irish relatives in Glenworth the hometown of my great grandfather. Some of us know Cork quite well from previous visits over the years. I myself lived in Cork City and worked on a volunteer project for 15 months there. I returned to County Cork as often as I can. Some American cousins had never visited Ireland before and it was a huge journey for them. Some of them said it was transformative. Our goal was to gather together to look back upon the history of those who came before us and to share our ongoing stories as one extended family, separated by time and an ocean. The O'Keeffe clan traces its lineage back to at least the 4th century AD. While I can only reasonably document our own family line back to about 1800, our team of cousins has worked to put together a comprehensive timeline and family history. It's taken many years and while I won't mention here all of those who have contributed to the research, they know who they are. Genealogy is not simply a matter of researching birth, marriage, and death records. It's about telling a story, putting it into context, understanding the history, the local geography, and the politics of the society. It's also about using these tools to describe what the lives of our ancestors were like. Now, some of it requires a bit of imagination, not to mention endless research. Unfortunately, the lives of women up through the 19th century, both in Ireland and in the US, are not as well documented as those of men but we know that their love, guidance, and fortitude played a major role in each family group. The following is my attempt at putting it down into words so that it's not forgotten. The Art of the Blacksmith is one that has been mythicized in Irish folklore since ancient times. One imagines the smith in his forge, practicing his trade, crafting items with the elements of fire. The blacksmith played a crucial role in traditional Irish village life, transforming metal into objects like nails, horseshoes, and wheels that were vital to everyday use. But he also forged weapons for war and defense. Immortalized in the famous poem, The Forge by Seamus Heaney, the blacksmith, or Gau in Irish, was a valued member of the community. The forge was also a social place. People from the village would gather there to share news and discuss topics like politics and sports. The trade of the blacksmith was typically passed down through the generations. My second great grandfather, Timothy O'Keefe, was one in a long line of blacksmiths from North Cork. Timothy, or Thady as he was called, was born in January 1846 to Anne Leahy and Patrick O'Keefe. His father Patrick was also a blacksmith, born about 1803, though we have few records of him and Anne besides their marriage and death records. Sometimes you have to look at tiny clues to get a glimpse of our ancestors' lives. I found two other traces of Patrick, including one in local court records, in the village of Carrigdownane Kildorary, showing he renewed a license for a black male Newfoundland dog in the 1870s. I found several lines of this for a registration fee of two shillings. The other more significant finding comes from the valuable Griffith's valuation of 1853. It shows that Patrick O'Keefe leased a house, forge and garden from Richard Lombard in bally McLaurin's townland, where Patrick's son Thady was born. Birth records only go back as far as 1811 for that parish. An image of the marriage of Anne and Patrick from February 1831 does exist. It's important to note that there were penal laws against Catholics in Ireland from the 16th century until 1829. Early Catholic churches, when allowed, had to be built away from main roads and made of wood, not stone. Until that point, mass was celebrated in secret, often in the countryside, in people's homes, or at the site of sacred rocks. Actual formal Catholic churches in that area of Cork weren't erected until about 1840. Thady was born in a difficult time in Ireland, amplified by the peak of the famine and the struggle for Catholic emancipation. According to family lore, a place called Garrett Gow was supposedly the birthplace of Thady. But who was he really? And what could I learn about his life in a small village in Cork, beyond birth, marriage, and death dates? My challenge was twofold, to find out what Thady's world consisted of in 19th century rural Ireland, and to see if there were any traces left of him there. From parish records at the Mallow Heritage Center, I learned that Thady was the youngest of this family. Through family records in Fermoy, I also found out that he worked in several forges, until eventually taking charge of his own. From his baptismal register, I confirmed that Thady was born in Ballyhooley, a small village near Glenworth. Garrett Gow was simply a forge where he was employed, and not his birthplace. Stories can get passed down, but without proof, the facts get distorted over time. Little is known of Thady's early years, but in 1877, at the chapel in the village of Ballendagen, Thady married Ellen Quinlan. Ellen was the daughter of a farmer from the nearby village of Derry Lane. Perhaps Thady met her while serving as an apprentice or working as a blacksmith at the Garrett Gow. The original plaque at the Forge is still intact and dates to 1784. Colonel James Grove White conducted a massive study of North Cork's local history. In fact, it's the only known text that mentions the Garrett Gow. Grove White collected, quote, items on the history and antiquities of his chosen area in the field from manuscripts, books, journals, gravestone inscriptions, and any other sources he found useful, end quote. The photo that I have on my blog is a textual excerpt uh, from the Grove White study. And I also have a photo of the forge at Garrett Gow, if you want to take a look. In 1908, when Grove White wrote about Garrett Gow, Thady was in his declining years, but he continued to work in his Glenworth forge. I found another trace of him in the Cork Examiner newspaper, dated 1909. It's an employment ad placed by Thady for a blacksmith, and it states, wanted immediately, a general blacksmith, applied to Timothy O'Keefe, blacksmith and farrier, Glenworth. In the 1901 Irish census records, it states that Thady and his family were all English speakers and that all family members were literate. While the newspaper ad is a brief piece of text, it's important because it's evidence that Thady's forge was still active in 1909. It also shows that there was a shortage of experienced blacksmiths in the area that Thady could bring in to work with him, so he was forced to advertise in the newspaper for qualified candidates. Also from the census records, I know that at that time, his youngest son, Timothy, and his nephew, James Murphy, son of his, his sister, Anne O'Keefe, and her husband, Michael Murphy, were working as blacksmiths and living with him and his wife, Ellen. But his son, Tim, was only 14 at the time, and my guess is he needed an experienced blacksmith to help or to take over the forge, either because of age or ill health that was catching up with him. Thady passed away in 1915 from heart disease. He's buried at kilathi in the family plot and there is a memorial to him there. By 1909, two of Thady's daughters and one of his sons, my great-grandfather John, had already emigrated to the U.S. His son David, who remained in Ireland, suffered from ill health and died in 1917, just two years after his father. Thady's youngest son, Timothy, left for the U.S. in 1926, after the death of his mother, Ellen. According to notes in a book that belonged to Thady's grandson, Johnny Jones, his mother, Catherine O'Keefe, took a 99-year lease on the forge when her father Thady died and her son Johnny commenced work at the forge in February 1929. Johnny Jones was the last of the family line to work in the Glenworth forge. The history of the forge that Thady took over in Glenworth is significant for both historical and political reasons. To give it some context, It's worth noting that it was the former forge of Patrick Cushion. The Cushion Forge specialized in nail making, but machine-made nails became readily available, and Patrick could no longer make a living. In 1879, at age 23, Patrick Cushion emigrated to the U.S. He changed the family surname to Cushing, and it was there in South Boston that he met his wife, Mary Dayhill, of County Waterford. They raised five children, one of whom would become Archbishop of Boston and eventually Cardinal Richard Cushing. The church where Richard Cushing was ordained a priest, Cathedral of the Holy Cross in Boston, shares a name with the church in Glenworth. The old Holy Cross Church is now used as a community center and it's where we held our reunion last year. The new Holy Cross Church opened in 1944 This is significant because there are many existing gates that were forged by Thady and still bear his mark. Some of the gates on the old parish church in Glenworth have been restored and used for the new church. It's a rare treat to unearth tangible objects that an ancestor left behind. The distinctive gates that Thady created are easily identifiable due to his unique bird designs, but also because he carved his surname in each one. Many of Thady's other gates can still be seen in the area around Glenworth, neighboring villages, and the surrounding countryside. Thady was also a farrier, trimming and shoeing horses' hooves, something that his son John, my great grandfather, would continue as a trade for the Boston police after emigrating to Boston. Thady and Ellen had 13 children, eight of whom lived into adulthood, and four who emigrated to the U.S first to Boston and two later to New York City, Annie in 1898, Nora and John in 1903 and Timothy in 1926. Two of Thady's nephews, David and Dennis, sons of his sister Anne, emigrated to Boston as well. With the help of Thady's sister, Mary O'Keefe Good, Thady and Ellen's children established themselves in the U.S. Mary, known as Auntie Good, was the first in the family to leave Ireland for Boston in 1862. She and her husband ran a pub in the Jamaica Plain neighborhood of Boston. Nora O'Keefe initially went to Boston, but later moved to New York to work as a cook. The youngest, Timothy, left Ireland when his mother, Ellen, died. He worked first as a farrier with his brother, John, in Boston before settling in New York City. Glanworth as a village is steeped in historical and archaeological significance. The castle in Glanworth was built in the 13th century by the Roaches, which happens to be the clan that forced out the O'Keeffe's as the ruling clan to the area around Dunhallow. The stone bridge, which dates back to the 15th century, is one of the oldest in use in Europe. I walked across that bridge for the first time more than 10 years ago. I didn't know then that one of Thady's well-meaning sons was rumored to have tried blowing up the bridge during the 1922 War of Independence. Luckily only the primer went off and the bridge suffered minimal damage so the medieval wonder is still in use. Perhaps the oldest archaeological site in the Glenworth area is the Labakali megalithic tomb. It was excavated in the 1930s and dates back 5,000 years to the Bronze Age. While the providence of the tomb is unknown, it's one of the largest examples of its kind in Ireland and is the subject of much folklore. The family ties to Ireland remain strong to this day. The relationship between the O'Keeffe and Cushing families also continued on the other side of the Atlantic in South Boston, as Cardinal Cushing's sister Nellie was friend to Thady's son, John, and his wife, Alice, and godmother to their son, my grandfather, David. John's first cousin, David Murphy, was godfather to my grandfather, baptized in 1907 at Gate of Heaven Church in South Boston. On a historical note, Cardinal Richard Cushing was the officiant at John F. Kennedy and Jacqueline Bouvier's wedding and President Kennedy's funeral in 1963. Though the son of a humble village blacksmith, Richard Cushing became a cardinal. He returned on several occasions to Glenworth in the 50s and 60s to his father Patrick's native village, donating funds for the parish church and a new primary school. It would be named the Cushing Memorial School in memory of his father. Thady's Forge also played an important political role, proof of which was identified and documented at the Cork Public Museum in Cork City. There was a hand grenade found from Thady's Forge after his death, which was made for the 2nd Brigade of the IRA in 1920. It's not documented who was in charge of the Forge between 1915 when Thady passed away and 1929 when his grandson Johnny Jones took over. I'm unable to find any textual evidence to account for the state of the forge during those years. But what is clear is that his blacksmith forge continued to play an important role in the events of the period and as a source of weapons during a time of rebellion. Thady's wife, Ellen, my 3rd great grandmother, was cousin to IRA General Liam Lynch on her mother Kate Kelly's side. Kate was Lynch's great-aunt. General Lynch, who was against the Anglo-Irish Treaty and continued to fight for a free and united Ireland, served in the Irish War of Independence and Irish Civil War. He commanded the 2nd Cork Brigade. He was commander of the 1st Southern Division and chief of staff of the IRA from March 1922 until April 23, when he was assassinated at age 29 in Clonmel, County, Tipperary. By members of the National Army. There is a memorial to him where he is buried in Kilcrumper Cemetery From more. There is some evidence of the living conditions of Thady and his family from the 1901 and 1911 census records. According to the 1901 records, the family lived in the Boarash neighborhood of Glenworth in a two-room house with a thatched roof. Besides Thady and his wife, there were seven children and Thady's older brother David, who was blind, all living together in the home. By 1911, Thady and his wife had constructed a larger house with four rooms and a thatched roof. Only two of their children still lived with them, their daughter Mary Etha, who married and left the following year, and their son Timothy, who emigrated to the U.S. in 1926. Thady's nephew James also lived with them and was apprenticed under Thady. The situation of the family seemed to improve over time, at least in terms of space. I do know from first-hand accounts of cousins who visited Glenworth over the years that Thady's family house was eventually torn down in the 1980s and the gate he crafted at the front of the house was rescued and restored by his great-grandson John Murphy, former mayor of Fermoy. The textual evidence from the Grove white notes, the advertisement in the Cork Examiner, census and vital records, and archived family records, offer a glimpse into the world in which Thady O'Keefe lived, an area of 22 kilometers in total that he crossed from birth to death. His gates are his legacy, crafted from iron and fire by his hands. His family would go on to spread out across the world, becoming part of the Irish diaspora.